0: Welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. My name is Pat Horn. On our episode today, we are going to look at the history and circumstances that led to the erection of a statue in Muskegon County that has been called one of the most truthful and ugly statues of its subject. Today, we talk about the statue of President William McKinley. To set our story, I want to tell you a little history about William McKinley. McKinley was born in 1843 in Ohio. After attending school and a year of college, McKinley would end up becoming a postal clerk and teacher until the start of the Civil War, where he volunteered to join the Union side. McKinley took well to Army life and was promoted to a sergeant quickly, before eventually ending up as a major. After the war, he practiced law and then got involved in politics, first as a prosecutor, then running for Congress, and later being elected as governor of Ohio. In 1896, McKinley ran for president as a Republican candidate against the Democratic nominee, Williams Jennings Bryan, and won. In 1900, the two candidates met in a rematch, with McKinley winning the election again by an even larger margin. As part of McKinley's victory, he took a tour of the United States, going to many public venues. He was scheduled to conclude it at the Pan-American Exposition in Buffalo, New York. However, McKinley's wife fell ill, and the stop had to be rescheduled to what would become a fateful date. In September of 1901, McKinley went to Buffalo to see the exposition and deliver speeches about his platform for his second term. On September 6th, McKinley was in the Temple of Music meeting the public when a Leon Kulgash shot McKinley twice in the stomach. Kulgash was an anarchist who was looking to upend the system. The president was immediately taken to the fair's medical station where one of the bullets was removed. However, the second bullet could not be found. McKinley, while in pain, was stable and able to communicate in a limited fashion. News of the shooting spread very quickly, and the Niskegan Chronicle received a telegram with the news on the 6th. Within 20 minutes, by around 4 p.m., they had printed a special edition with the news, which was sold on street corners by the paper boys. Like lightning, the news jumped from person to person and business to business. The news stirred up emotions of the people very strongly, and the paper reports, quote, Everywhere the word was received, with horror and deepest sorrow, all who heard the terrible news seemed stunned. At first, they could not believe it. Hardly could strong men speak of it without emotion clearly shown in their trembling voices. Many shed tears. End quote. Word of the shooting led to rumor that the president had died, which the newspapers tried to quash. The Chronicle posted updated news in their window for the crowds that had gathered there. Many businesses closed early so people could go and find out the news. On September 7th, the news in Muskegon was that the president was doing well. McKinley's physicians had noted that vital parts of the stomach were missed. They'd also said they didn't see a reason why he couldn't recover. However, the second bullet still remained lodged in his body, and the doctors couldn't locate it despite repeated attempts to dig around for it. Over the next few days, McKinley did seem on the road to recovery, and doctors thought he would make a full recovery, but then on September 13th, His condition took a sharp downturn as infection and gangrene took its toll. At 2.15 a.m. on September 14th, President William McKinley died. That same day, news reached Muskegon and the mourning process began. On September 19th, the city of Muskegon officially honored McKinley by closing down businesses, with most stores and factories closing by noon. Much of the city was draped in black and flags flew at half-mast. Churches held services, and the Opera House held a large memorial with speeches from various dignitaries. The Opera House, which had a capacity of 1,100, filled in a period of eight minutes with eager residents, according to the paper. Soon afterwards, Charles Nieheis, a sculptor who had worked with Charles Hackley prior, creating the statue of Admiral Farragut and President Lincoln in Hackley Park, contacted Hackley with the offer of making a statue of McKinley for Muskegon in honor of the late president. Newhouse, who was a friend of McKinley and had worked previously on a bus to the president, could accomplish the task swiftly, he told Hackley. Hackley, who was a Republican in support of McKinley and mourned for him greatly, agreed. On November 1st, 1901, at a school board meeting for Muskegon Public Schools, a letter was read from Charles Hackley proposing a statue of McKinley to be given to the school. In the short letter, he wrote, Dear Sir, it would afford me great pleasure to present to the public schools of the City of Muskegon a bronze statue of our late President William McKinley, designated and executed by Mr. Charles Niehuis, placed upon an appropriate pedestal, and to be erected upon a site to be selected by the Board. If this proposition shall be accepted by the Board, the details of its execution may be entrusted to a committee of its members. The proposal was duly accepted, with Hackley giving $15,000 to make the project and its installment happen. The committee, once appointed, decided the best location for the statue would be in front of Hackley School as an honor to Charles Hackley and a good spot for the larger public to see the statue. By March of 1902, plans were in place to have the statue unveiled on Memorial Day and to make this a big celebration in honor of the former president. In particular, this was the first statue in honor of the late President McKinley to be put up in the United States, which put more pressure on organizers but also brought in a wider audience. The school board committee on March 4th approved a clay model of the statue sent by Nihais, which had undergone several changes previously suggested. With this approval, the statue was scheduled to be cast in bronze and ready for its unveiling on Memorial Day. One thing that I found very interesting is that you will often see the statue referred to as the oldest and ugliest statue of McKinley to be found. The reason for this, it seems, is that Niehuis' personal relationship with the president allowed him to study him closer and make it a truer-to-life version of him. Even the Chronicle mentions in an article that it will be a revelation to most people, for it does not resemble closely the popularly accepted portraits of the martyred president. In the statue, McKinley is shown as older than in other images, having a large gut and neck, and being more bald than usually depicted. However, the paper acknowledges this is a lifelike description. The statue was made by Gorham & Co. Works in Providence, Rhode Island, and shipped on May 14th. For the dedication, on Memorial Day of 1902, the city would see quite the sight. To begin with, two revenue cutters, or Coast Guard cutters as we call them today, the Fessenden and Morrill would be docked to Muskegon, and both of their crews would be on hand to participate in the parade. Word was sent and received from several Knights of Pathias groups and Grant Arby of the Republic stations. Several local and state representatives also replied they would attend. Unfortunately, Miss McKinley, who was invited, had to decline as her health was too poor to travel. The Chronicle said of the dedication that, quote, Muskegon people are just beginning to realize the vast crowds which will assemble here Memorial Day. Acceptances are pouring in from military organizations and civic bodies, while individual visitors will be in immense numbers. Nearly everyone who has ever lived here or ever visited here is planning to come back and see the impressive ceremonies, end quote. The day started with a parade that was called the grandest Muskegon had ever seen and very satisfactory. The ceremony was then led by a speech from attorney Clarence Sessions while thousands listened on and the statue was unveiled. The statue shows McKinley standing and giving a speech at the Buffalo Exposition the day before he was shot. One hand is in his pocket, while the other hand holds his notes. At the base of the statue are two intertwined wreaths. below of which is the year 1844, McKinley's birth year, and 1901, the year he died. Now, Sharp-Eared listeners might recall at the start I listed McKinley's birth year as 1843, which seems to be his correct birth year. The date on the statue is incorrect. However, even articles that appear in the Chronicle at the time of McKinley's death list his birth year as 1844, so it just might be a case of the year not widely being known at the time, or false information being accepted and spread, resulting in it being put incorrectly on the monument. The pedestal for the statue has 45 stars around it, representing the states of the Union at the time. Around the statue is a U-shaped granite bench with words inscribed from McKinley's speech in Buffalo. Quote, let us ever remember that our interest is in concord, not conflict, and that our real eminence rests in the victories of peace, not those of war. End quote. At the end of the U are two different symbols, upside-down torches, which represent the death or extinguishing of life, and another symbol, an eagle, grabbing a bunch of sticks bundled together. The eagle represents the United States, and the bundle of sticks is called the fasces, which is a Roman symbol of power and authority. On the back of the McKinley Statue Base is an inscription that reads, A gift from Charles H. Hackley to the Public Schools of the City of Muskegon, May 30, 1902. McKinley still stands there today in front of the Hackley Administration Building looking out over Hackley Park, and it remains as a tribute to the former president. Thank you for listening to Muskegon History and Beyond. We hope to have you back in two weeks for our next episode.